Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B playbook, Kevin. It is a big week. It's a stressful week coming up for me. It's very, very, very stressful. What, what have you got on, George? Nothing to do with work. Work's great. Loving the podcast. Having a great time. That's <laughs> Clients good are fine. <laughs> very lovely. It's so, as some of our listeners will be aware, I do have a girlfriend and we are about three months in. I've met the parents very briefly, but this week will be my first proper sit down dinner with her the parents and the extended family. So this week happens to be her birthday and her mum's birthday. And because she's ethnic like me, we love to celebrate. That means I've got three events with her and her family this week. So it's a, it's a bonanza. It's a total family bonanza. And I've got to be on. I've got to be on all three of those events. Three out of seven. That is pressure. Uh, trial by fire george trial by fire trial by pressure and fire uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sure a lot of the dinner is going to be prepared in a pressure cooker <laughs> and i'll be right in the middle of it should be fun i look forward to hearing war stories yeah i know do you remember the first time you met christine's parents your fiance it's a while back now uh i don't remember anything too crazy Going on, it was just a simple sit-down dinner, four of us. Nothing as dramatic as family celebrations, one after another, nothing like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know what it's like. I mean, when I had you over to meet my family, it was like I was introducing them to a, a girlfriend of mine, a partner. Mm. Um, there was mm. pressure on there, but they thought you did very, very well. Oh, I was very glad to hear that. It definitely felt like that. <laughs> well, do you have any uh, any sage advice for me as someone who has been through through the ring of fire and come out on the other side? Oh, George, you're pretty personable. Just be yourself. That's about as helpful as <laughs> a wet towel, but <laughs> you will do, you will do right, very well. I, I'm sure I you will, will do very well. Okay. Look, I normally poll well with the grandmas, so I'll be focusing on them. <laughs> I, I've met her grandma before. I haven't met her her grandpa or her nonna, as she calls him, and um, he has ties to Mussolini, apparently. I'm really hoping it goes well. <laughs> yeah, just don't bring that into the conversation. I'm sure you do fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, Kevin, that was uh, incredibly helpful advice. Thank you very much. Very, very much. Um, hopefully today's episode will be a little more helpful for our listeners. Uh, we're still in Be Helpful. We're still in season two of the B2B playbook where we discuss our five Bs framework. And this season so far in Be Helpful, we've discussed how to be helpful at scale. We've always said that marketing is building relationships at scale and you build relationships by being helpful. And so far, Kev, this season, we've given our listeners everything that they need to be regularly creating content that cuts through the noise. We've shown them how to scale those content creation efforts We've also shown them last week what metrics they should be tracking to know whether or not your content strategy is working. Today, Kev, is a bonus episode. Is that a bonus-ode? Is that what people call it? Let's stick with bonus episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sort of type of dinosaur, is it? If there are any paleontologists out there, please reach out and let us know. Um, today is a bonus episode. And we're going to be talking about the five types of helpful content that our listeners need to create. We said you need to create helpful content. There's actually five different types that you all need to create. Along with that, we're going to be giving you copywriting tips for each of these types of content. So Kev, why five types of helpful content? That's a really specific number. Can you share maybe why we've chosen five? Well, the way we see it, George, is the buyer goes through those five stages of awareness. Some of our listeners might have heard of that, uh, that concept of the five stages of awareness. Others might not, and we'll go through that in a second. But basically, there's five stages of awareness a user or a buyer will go through before they buy your product or service. And effectively, we need to create content at each stage to usher them through that buying journey. And basically to solve all their problems and answer the questions as they go through that process. In the end, guiding them through each of those stages creates trust between you and the prospective buyer or user. You didn't try and sell them right from the beginning. You just created content to help solve their issues along the way. In doing that, build trust. As we've been talking about all this season, it's all about being helpful and this is the process for doing that. Yeah, exactly. As you said, Kev, the goal is to be there by their side through each of these five stages of awareness. More than ever, now the power is in the buyer's hands. We can't usher them through this funnel. We can't force them through a funnel. We can't make them buy if they don't want to buy. So what we do is we just have to realize what point are they at in the buying journey, help them as much as possible, 
at that point in the buying journey and create that trust. So by the time they get to that point where they're ready to buy, well, we've got that relationship in place and they're going to choose us over competitors. So Kev, what are those five stages of awareness? Can you just name them for us, please? Yep. So the five stages of awareness are unaware, problem aware, solution aware, product aware, and finally, most aware. All right. Well, let's kick off with unaware. So unaware are the folks that aren't even aware that they have a problem, let alone know about potential solutions to that problem. By market size, they are the largest segment by by volume, uh, but they are also the most challenging to market to because they're not even aware that they have a problem. We're just going to run through each of these quickly, then we'll go back and dig into each of these in more detail. So Kev, that's unaware. Do you want to tell us what problem aware is? Problem aware is where your prospect or potential buyer has woken up to the fact that they have a problem but they're at the beginning of their journey. So they have a lot of questions here around maybe the nature of the problem, details about the problem, and how they would go about finding a solution for that problem. Well, which leads us into the next stage, the third stage, three out of five, is solution aware. So you prospect your dream customer now knows that they have a problem or a need, and they're starting to get the answers on how to fix it here. But At this point, they still don't know about you, your company, and what you offer, but they do have an idea of the problem that they want to sort out now. And that's where, I guess, your product comes in. And so we step through to product aware. At this point, your prospect is now looking at all the options, including yours, hopefully. And they're considering what are the factors to help them decide on which option to go with. Right, and then you want to hopefully usher them through to becoming product aware to most aware. And that's when your prospect is on the brink of becoming your customer. This is where we need to give them the final nudge, the final incentive to pull out the credit card and become one of your paying customers. Kev, that is the five stages of awareness. Now let's dive deep into each of these so our listeners have a great idea as to what it is they need to deal with and the types of content that they need to create at each stage of awareness. All right, George, kicking off with the first stage, unaware. As we said before, these are the folks that are unaware that they have a problem at all, let alone any of the solutions. So at this point, you really need to market to these people who don't realize they have a problem or need by shifting them out of their unawareness stage. So that's the opportunity for your helpful content. You want to show them when they come across your content that they have a problem and educate them on this. Don't make this forced. Let's take an example to illustrate this point. If you're a cybersecurity company and you're looking to sell to other corporates, the content that you might be producing at this stage would be about the damage that can be done for a business from an unsecure network. Maybe it's a story about hackers holding companies ransom for Bitcoin. Maybe it's about the upsides of what potential losses they could avoid. Yeah, Kev, short form snackable content that walks through the problem is ideal at this stage because the audience isn't yet at the point where they're ready to dive in and discover more. So stories is a perfect way to do this. That example you gave about (laughs) that story about hackers holding companies for Bitcoin ransom, like that is a headline that is going to stick in your brain. Someone doesn't even need to read the full story and it's going to start to put them on alert that, oh my God, I might have this problem one day. So 
The types of copy that you use here is you want to make it emotive. You want to describe the emotions that that prospect is feeling. And you also want to assure them that others feel this emotion. So it's not just them. This is a problem that they and other people are experiencing. And stories is a great way to get that across. So that is the first stage of awareness, which is unaware. Now, Kevin, it doesn't have to be fear-mongering but we do want to make sure that we are hitting on people's emotions, problems, and pain points just to make them aware that they do have a problem. And once they have that awareness, they then move to the second stage of awareness, which is problem aware. So the prospect at this point, your ideal customer has woken up to the fact that they actually have a problem, but they're just at the beginning of their journey. This is probably a realization using our cybersecurity example earlier of them going, oh my God, my business could also be hacked. Now, once they get to this stage, they have a lot of questions here at this point. They want to know what the problem is exactly and where it came from. They want to know, are there effects or downsides to this problem that they're not aware of? They want to know if others have that same problem. And they also want to know what they can do to fix it. So. In your content here, we want to address each of these problems and pain points and give them answers. It's pretty important, Kev, here to not spruik your product. It's going to turn them off straight away. Like you can smell it coming from a mile away. No one likes it when you get pitch slapped, like, <laughs> which is a term I've been seeing thrown around. No one likes that. Don't spruik your product right now. We're really helping them define this problem. At this point, your content can become a bit more in-depth, but at the same time, it can still be snackable. Social media is a great place for people to discover this type of content. So make sure to be in the places where your dream customers are, whether that's social media or otherwise. And make sure to keep an eye out for where are they asking these questions. Go there and answer them for them. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, it's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. Yeah, that comes back to your Dream 100, isn't it? It's finding those communities, those places where they are online already and they're already going to be asking these questions somewhere. Go there and help them define that problem. And Kev, a couple of copywriting tips for this stage of awareness is we do want to focus on the anxieties and pain points and also the benefits um, around solving this problem. So we want to define the problem by naming the emotions around it so we get a really clear sense of what it feels like to have this problem. We want to then tease that there is a solution to this problem and agitate the problem with real hard examples. At the end, you can introduce your product as a solution, but as we said earlier, we really don't want you to be spruiking it here because it can turn people off. 
So if we were continuing that cybersecurity example from earlier, Kevin, uh, some of the pain points that you might be touching on is the pain points of your business being hacked. So what does it look like if your customer data is leaked? What is the reputational damage that comes off the back of that? Is your job going to be on the line? Is everything that you've been working towards going to be ruined? You know, if you are the founder of that company, you know, we've seen it happen. It's happened in the press. One data leak like that can be catastrophic for a business. And those are the kinds of examples that we want to be pointing people towards. Again, we don't want you to be fear mongers here. It is important to point out the problem and to point out the possible pain points that come with the problem. But that doesn't mean you need to be fearmongers. There is a good balance that you can strike with bringing that awareness to your audience. The next stage of awareness is solution aware. At this point, as we said before, your prospects should have a pretty clear idea that they have a problem or need that they need to address. And they're starting to get answers on how to fix it. But they might not necessarily know you or what you offer. They definitely want to solve their problem, but they're not quite ready to pull out their credit card. At this point, it is possible to start subtly introducing your product or service in your content. But first, address what they want, a solution that works now. This can be communicated most effectively through things like case studies, success stories, and use real customer quotes in your language. Gave some great copywriting tips for this solution aware stage is to focus on claims and proof. So just like what you said there, case studies, success stories, real customer quotes, that's the perfect type of copy. You want to lead with the prospect's most emotionally charged issue as well because we want to really hook them, right? We want to pull them into our story, into our case study. So you want to lead with what it is they've got the biggest pain point with. After that, you want to then acknowledge that problem and give it legitimacy so they don't just feel like it's just them and it's it's an irrational feeling. You want to justify that feeling for them and give it legitimacy by showing them there are other people who are experiencing that exact problem like them. Some other tips around this, Kev, is giving the problem a name. Um, branding either the problem or the solution can be a super effective way of really becoming a category leader and giving people a way of naming and remembering what that problem is. So in just one or two words, they can pass that on to other people and they've really defined that problem. So Kev, I think a great example of that is the way that HubSpot branded inbound marketing. And that was in response to the problem of, well, how do I get leads coming to me rather than reaching out to them? So HubSpot defined that problem They gave it a name, inbound marketing, and now when everyone thinks of inbound marketing, they all point to HubSpot and HubSpot is synonymous with it. Now that's really just great content marketing and that existed before HubSpot. There were so many books written on that before HubSpot, but they defined the problem, gave it a name, and now the two are synonymous. So they've done such a great job at that. Going on with our cybersecurity example, Kev, You might focus on a particular type of hackers that are a problem in your story. So if we're looking at those ones who go and hold you for ransom, your business for ransom for cryptocurrency, you know, the ones who like lock up your database and they say, um, you know, we'll release it and release all your customer data back to you nice and safe if you transfer us a certain amount of Bitcoin. You might define them as, I don't know, crypto pirates. What do you think of crypto pirates? You reckon that's good? I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, one word. It's short. It's nice and easy to remember. 
and it makes sense for the problem. I don't see why not. All right. Well, any uh, cybersecurity marketers out there, feel free to take Crypto Pirates. It's yours. And one final point, Kev, here uh, when it comes to copywriting at this solution aware stage is you really want to make sure that your dream customer understands how your product helped others bridge this gap. So the gap between their problem and the solution, you want to make it very clear that your product was the thing that ushered them from one stage to the next. Okay, George, now your prospect is product aware. They're looking at all the options, including yours. And if you guided them on this journey, they should trust you by now. We need to show them at this point why your solution is the one to pay attention to. Show off how your product solves their problem and why it's a better alternative than the competition. Don't pitch, still make your content valuable and engaging, but make sure that your content starts to communicate all those benefits, all those things that sets it apart from the competition. The types of content that come to the fore at this point include product comparison pages, make sure these are honest, how-to guides, demos, and product walkthroughs. I think that's a really great point, Kev, when it comes to the product comparison pages. They have to be honest. And if your product or service is tailored to a particular segment, then it's okay if you don't have a feature that your competitor has, because that might not be a super relevant feature to your dream customer for the particular segment that you are servicing. Kev, some copywriting tips for this product aware stage is provide the biggest and most relevant promise that you can here when it comes to your content. So for the cybersecurity example, that might be peace of mind. That's probably what that business wants. That's probably what the CEO wants is peace of mind that they're not going to be hacked, broken into, have their world turned upside down by some probably quite young people hiding in their mother's basements, um, holding you ransom for crypto. So... Yeah, you want to make sure that you provide the biggest and most relevant promise that you can. And in this case, it might be peace of mind and protection that you can rely on. You really want to connect that promise that you're making back to that audience's core desire. And that core desire could be, I don't know, saving money, making money, saving time generally. Um, We always said, Kev, that the three core desires are to improve one's health, wealth or relationships. Um, I think we have an article on the b2bplaybook.com about that if people want to read that more specifically and we deal with it in season one. You want to tie the product back to that core desire. And then from there, it's just about stacking on and layering proof. So showing them through those product comparison pages, through those how-to guides, those demos, those product walkthroughs, why you guys are such a good solution, why you're such a great fit, why you will relieve them of their anxieties, pains, and problems. Yeah, there's some great tips there on copywriting in that stage of product aware. All right, George, very quickly now, we're on to the final stage of awareness, which is most aware. At this point, your prospect is on the brink of becoming a customer. Now, listeners, you're probably most familiar with this stage, having done most of your content, if you have any experience in the space, in this stage. So we'll run through some quick tips and things you should cover here. Hopefully, you get something helpful out of it as well. At this stage, your prospects need a final nudge to pull out the credit card. Some examples of content that do this include discounts or bundles that you could offer. 
something to call the user into action or the prospect into action. But this isn't always necessary and can cheapen the brand. So make sure at this point to create content that addresses any objections or reasons people might have when buying your product. Is there particular objections or reasons that people have in their minds to talk themselves out of buying your product? Make sure to get these down where you can and record answers in a video or FAQ section on your website. Another tip is giving them the now. So why should they buy your product now? Is it a particular time of year that makes it important to get it now? Is there something important coming up in their own calendars that makes it important to have your product ready? Then make the product and price readily available. Make it easy for people to buy. Yeah, Kev, when it comes to copywriting for this most aware stage, it's really important to, as you said, first address any of those potential objections that your dream customers might have. There might be one or two objections just lurking around where they're just not sure on something and you need to address those to get them across that finish line. And the second thing you need to do, as you said, Kev, is answer the why now. Give them a call to action. Give them a reason for acting on it right now. You could share a success story of a similar customer that uses your product to reinforce the idea that you are the perfect solution for their problem, for their particular demographic, firmographic, psychographic, blah, blah, blah. And within that, make sure again, you underscore the relevant benefits of your product so they have that all at hand. And then in that copy, make sure you include an offer. As you said, Kev, it could be a discount, it could be a bundle, something to call them to action. Some great tips there, George. All right, let's round out this discussion with the key takeaways for the episode. If you're the guide for your customers through these stages of awareness, they will trust you and are less likely to compare you to the competition when it comes to purchasing. It's all about being helpful still, understanding where they are in their journey, and creating answers for them in a timely manner until your product is the final, logical, and obvious conclusion. Very, very nicely summarized, Kevin. Uh, As per usual listeners, you can find the links to everything that we've discussed in the show notes. And Kev, next week we were going to wrap up Be Helpful, but we've had so many people contact us about how to activate experts internally within the business and getting them to help you create content that we're going to dedicate a whole podcast episode to it. So that's what we're going to discuss next week. And that'll be a really great one because it's going to help get you off that content treadmill and it's going to get the experts in the business actually helping you create that juicy, valuable content your dream customers will love. Yes, that should be a very exciting episode and I'm looking forward to it, George. We're so grateful each week that more and more marketers are tuning in every Monday. If we can ask one thing, it would be to please leave us a short review on whatever platform you listen on. It's an amazing help to us and we really, really appreciate it. Take care, listeners, and see you next week. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, listeners. Looking forward to it. Cheers. A quick note before you go, listeners. You can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.